Welcome to this week's episode of the Nerd Chatter Podcast, where two nerds sit down and chit-chat about nerd news that we find throughout the week. Garrett, my friend, how are you? Good. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. How are um, you feeling? I mean, I got movement in my jaw Wednesday, so <laughs> I'm here. I'm talking. I can I can talk. Uh, I mean, it feels weird. And anybody that had, you know, their wisdom teeth removed, I guess not necessarily, because like my top ones are healed. The normal ones that, you know, are just out. Those are fine, but the bottom ones were impacted, so they had to do some cutting and stitching, and it was uh, quite gruesome. So if anybody tells you that, you know, it's no big deal, <laughs> it doesn't hurt, they're just trying to get you through the procedure. Like, if you got to get it done, you got to get it done, but that was pretty miserable. It was a pretty horrible experience. Yeah, that uh, sucks. I was eating mashed potatoes and yogurt like a duck for a week, so uh, nobody <laughs> wants that. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I am back, and uh, I'm just going to try to forget that ever happened and uh, move on. You know, happy spooky season to you and, and everybody out here. We got... Well, thanks. We're like mid... What was ooh, 22nd. Damn, Marty. Ugh. I spend 300 days of the year anticipating Halloween, and then when it rolls around, it just comes by and just passes so fast. <laughs> just here and gone. Yeah. But, uh, you know, last week we uh, we talked about some, some special events, right? I think you mentioned some of the Halloween events for some of these games. Yeah. Um, I put that in there because I'm a bit of a fiend for that type of stuff, and... Uh, just running down that list real quick, not getting into details, but, you know, Halloween events for Rainbow Six Siege, Apex Legends, Dead by Daylight, Fortnite, GTA uh, V, uh, PUBG has a crossover with Dead by Daylight, Red Dead Online, Warframe, Black Desert Online, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty Warzone, Animal Crossing, uh, Jack's Halloween event, all that good stuff. Uh, saw a couple of other things. I'm playing Chivalry right now still because uh, I'm addicted to torturing myself, but... uh you know, they got some Halloween stuff over there and, you know, it's just a, a fun time throughout the year to, to get some gaming on. So, uh, as always, I like to go over some of the free and heavily discounted games that have come across throughout the week. Not much. We got the Epic Game Store. Uh, Evo Land Legendary Edition is available. Uh, this one's actually pretty unique. Uh, it's an action-adventure RPG that evolves through seemingly all of the different eras of RPG games, right? So, it's like, you know, it starts off as like a Game Boy green like the green scale game boy zelda original title and then like after like you complete levels or do whatever uh it'll evolve into like game boy advanced and then like ds and then 3ds and then you know Wii, and then wii u and, you know so like progressively as you complete the game the game's style and play style evolves and eventually you end up with something that looks akin to like, you know, some of the newer Pokemon games and things like that. Uh, features a lot of the, the, the tropey, uh, typical RPG, uh, you know, play styles or mini games that you'll run into your, your turn-based combat. I think I saw some like card stuff in there. Uh, you know, your flying levels, you know, you're, you're like directly behind your player while you're flying and kind of moving left and right. Um, you know, all the way to like a Pokemon style and then like a, a, a Dragon Quest style, you know, so uh, pretty interesting and it being free, you know, you might want to pick that up. It's free until o October 27th in the, the Epic Game Store. Uh, that one I recommend because it looks incredibly creative. Uh, also free Fallout 3 Game of the Year edition. You know, if you like the Fallout series, free is not a bad price as always. Uh, also free on the Epic Game Store until October 27th. Don't think I need to do too much explaining in regards to what Fallout is. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, me personally, when it comes to these PC, I mean, that's not really I me, mean, kind of a port, but 
when I get into these older titles, uh, New Vegas gave me issues. Uh, I seem to have issues trying to get these to work on PC, like uh, Rockstar games that are, are remastered or re-released on PC, uh, Fallout games. Um, it's it's a bit hit or miss for me personally, but uh, you know, if you want to get into your library, then it's it's a good pickup. Yeah. Um, throwing it on here too for anybody that has the membership for uh, the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, on November 2nd, you will be getting Mario Party and Mario Party 2 added to your roster. Uh, so take advantage of that. That's solid. Yeah. Now, I don't have a segment this week. Do you have a segment? Do you have something to talk about? No, I, we have a big roundup. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's Black Adam week. Uh, I'm glad. For better I can, or for worse. <laughs> I, I'm glad I could talk, uh, you know, uh, this week because it's an interesting situation going on in the world of DC and Warner Brothers. Uh, but I have a couple other things I wanted to talk about as well. But first off here, mentioned previously on the show, the recently revived G4 has received its final nail in the coffin, having been officially shut down this past week. Uh, Comcast CEO Dave Scott said that the show had received unsustainable financial results, experiencing decreasing viewership since the network's launch. Uh, the internet, however, speculated as to whether the irreparable damage had been done by a particular host who went on a tangent about sexism in the midst of a review for Red Dead Online. Uh, catching everyone, everyone on the show by surprise. Uh, shortly after the layoffs that followed that drama, the host was gloating on social media about still having a job uh, before being let go a few days later. I think around the same time that Adam Sessler was was also let go. You know, and we had talked. I, I'm not sure if I mentioned that on on a solo show or if you and I had talked about it. Did you ever watch G4 growing up? Yeah. Yeah, that was like the jam. But like it was. You couldn't get that type of stuff anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was like Twitch. You know, you couldn't go anywhere and, and just be engulfed in gaming culture. You know, like it was it was like the first of its of its kind. Uh, G four. I mean, coming at a time where I mean, obviously the internet was around, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't what it is today. That 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 free form exchange of, of information the way it is now. Um, I've you know arguments too as to. The, the different variations of gamers these days that, you know, you can't just have a show about gaming and it suffice, you know, that, yeah. um, I mean, you're, you're a good example in regards to being fairly specific in terms of the games that you like. Um, and then I'm a good example of somebody who likes a lot of different games, but nothing really too committed. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be treated appropriately. And, and it kind of seemed like they were just, they were spending a lot of money to make a, a, a mediocre YouTube channel. I believe, I mean, it was on, on television. It was a network. What it's going to become now. I have no idea, but you know, I didn't tune in too much. I watched a little bit. Um, did you hear about that drama with, uh, the sexism tangent? No, I didn't. I, um, I honestly didn't even know that G4 came back other than when we <laughs> talked about it previously. And it, like, I watched it as a kid and, um, and then it just, when it died originally, I was like, okay, well, cool, whatever. Yeah. The, the internet's here in full glory. And then, uh, I, I felt it was weird that it even came back to like a TV network because, Hey, guess what? The people that are going yeah. to be watching that. They're not going to be watching TV. Oh. <laughs> They don't they're they're going to be playing games or watching stuff on YouTube and Twitch. Yeah. I mean, they they were in like the, the four digit viewership numbers. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. So, I mean, you know, I mean, and people were joking online with like, yeah, that's actually not a, a bad number when you consider literally nobody watches TV anymore. Yeah. Um, but the, the drama was, um, I don't, I forget the name. It's like frost or frost or something like that. Um, 
their host and there there was there was fairly cocky if i remember correctly and just kind of you know standoffish but um very forceful in their in their 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 delivery <laughs> of, of certain uh you know topics and things like that and in this particular case they were sitting around adam sessler was on the on the screen i remember and then there was like three other hosts sitting on some couches and this person was talking about red dead online and there's issues and blah blah, blah. and then middle of the like the conversation just says uh, but you know what there's something more important than red dead online something that i want to talk about that's sexism <laughs> it's like what and then like everybody was kind of like caught off guard and then they kind of like got behind it and went with it and that just it was it was like it went off like a wet fart dude like the internet hated it like it was That's immediate it was immediate drama um you know and then and then it was the whole like well the studio said it was fine they they greenlit it and blah blah and you know they supported me uh it's like well everybody said that you kind of sprung it on them and you know what are they going to do say that you can't say that and then remove it from the show like you would you would absolutely go crazy and live it like they have to it was a power move essentially and it seemed like like this person knew uh, that that it would it could be spun as as you know dismissive or or prejudice uh, if they were quote silenced you know so uh, they let it roll and and you know there's a lot of chatter online about about that being an explicit reason that that people tuned out and just never came back because g4 in its essence was a fairly you know it was a fairly risque channel you know uh, it definitely made its mark with with sex appeal uh to young gaming males <laughs> it's just you know you had you had chicks dancing around in bikinis and olivia munn like trying to see how many hot dogs she could fit in her mouth and like it was it was a pretty risque channel you know like it had it had you a know, vibe I, I i don't remember these things from g4 <laughs> <laughs> i distinctly remember kevin Pereira getting behind olivia munn and grabbing her boobs and jiggling them around and stuff like that like there it was an incredibly risque show um, I think they had a thing going on, so it wasn't like sexual harassment. But like, you know, it was you know they were dangling hot dogs from strings and 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 you know having chicks like grab them with their mouths and shit. So I mean, it was attack of the show was was pretty spicy. Um, but that's I'm you know I'm not I'm not drooling over that show. I'm just saying that it's like that was an essence of that channel for for you know young guys back in that day. Um, and then it gets spun as to they go off on this this tangent of you know olivia munn wasn't here for you to gawk at and and morgan webb wasn't here for you and blah blah and it's like eh. <laughs> like i don't know you know like i mean they they definitely you know like her little olivia munn had a a couch discussion segment where she would say some pretty raunchy shit like pretty raunchy shit uh that by today's standards probably would be be nixed you know so uh, I don't know. I think there was a, a misconception as to as to what G4 really was, uh, and then a a uh, an intention to to kind of mold it to accommodate uh, some type of ul ulterior uh, you know motive. It didn't work. It didn't land, and unfortunately, G4 is no more. As to why they they kicked, I, I know Kevin Pereira left on his own accord. I never even saw him on on the reboot. Uh, and then Adam Sessler got cut, who I thought was, like, in charge of the whole thing. So, uh, a lot of people hate Adam Sessler. I don't know why. I think, I mean, they all they all seem a little bit obnoxious in their own way. 
And I can see that if people just don't like <clears throat> their flow, you know, that they could have their own opinions. But I don't know. Everybody seemed like whatever. But it just wasn't cutting it. And it's Comcast. Comcast would absolutely just kick them out. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah. 69-year-old RuneScape streamer Tony R.S. Glory and Gold Winchester has lost his rigorous fight against cancer. Uh, Tony found out that he had brain cancer just months ago, which spread to nearly everywhere in his body, leaving him mostly blind and paralyzed. Uh, regardless, he continued to stream until just days before his death. He documented the process of uh, the entire experience, even filming him setting up his burial arrangements uh, for his family, his chemotherapy, his doctor visits, uh, but continued with an optimistic outlook regardless of the, the non-stop sadness that was around him, doctors included, too. You could tell that the doctors were not... Uh, they weren't... <laughs> they, they were very aware of, of the severity of what was going on. But uh, R.S. Glory and Gold risen to internet popularity when internet drama hound Keemstar accused the elderly man of being a child predator when flippantly identifying him as someone on a sex offender's registry while live streaming, uh, which led to um, an onslaught of, of attacks. Uh, in a heartbreaking plea for the unwarranted hate to stop, uh, he wept as he fought to defend himself against completely untrue allegations. Uh, after it was all said and done, Keemstar had admitted he was wrong and offered Tony some hush money, uh, but the damage had been done and the harassment lingered for, a num for the remainder of his days. Uh, regardless of this, Tony had an amazing and loving community uh, that was birthed from this negativity as hundreds of people flocked to defend and support the chain-smoking elderly gamer who donned his felt-made RuneScape party hats and never missed an opportunity to squeeze out his iconic catchphrase. Um, Tony was a genuine and loving man who will be missed by many. So I wanted to throw that in there. Um, it was pretty messed up. Just how that whole thing went down. Because, I mean, Keemstar is kind of trash. Just like, and I don't know if you know who Keemstar is. Keemstar is an individual who, I mean, he, it's like faux journalism, has a YouTube channel, finds drama out in the YouTube community and reports on it, uh, and in particular cases is has been known to even make the drama himself, you know, and in this case, you know, it was him live streaming and an incredibly toxic community, but, you know, I, I don't know if they were going through like the sex, sex registry list or sex offenders risk list or whatever, and came across it but somehow there was some type of hey this guy looks like this guy and the guy was live streaming so naturally the thousands of people that were watching him tell them this flooded this this old guy and just like left this dude in tears and it was That's very awful. sad you know he they sorted it out and you know it was it was whatever but uh, a couple years later tony kind of came back around it and and it felt a little bit exploitive, like he's like, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, I really should get more, that type of thing. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's like clean cut, like, you know, it was all just swept under the rug and just kind of forgotten about. It was like, yeah, there was a little bit of back and forth over the years. Uh, but all in all, the, the, the old guy sat there for eight to ten, like 12 hours a day or whatever, playing old school RuneScape. You know, being completely decked out and having a bunch of people, you know, float around and, and chit-chat with. And they had his guild. And I think that was it. Glor uh, uh, Glory and Gold. It's RuneScape. Glory and Gold. I think Glory and Gold is his, is his clan. But, um, you know, a very compassionate old man. It's like, yeah, he chain-smoked cigarettes and, and <laughs> all that stuff. And had his old, old, you know, Santa Claus beard. But 
It literally looked like like it was like Santa Claus sitting there with with a, a felt hat on his head that he made, and he'd sit there and go Yahoo. And he had a little his little catchphrase every time he get a sub. He'd Yahoo, and uh, people loved it. You know, so I mean, out of that negativity that that Keemstar had brought him, uh, he did build an, an even stronger community. And uh, you know, I got a bit sad there towards the end. And you know, having lost my dad to to cancer, I had to. I had to mute some of those last videos because it was getting pretty apparent that, you know, it was going to be soon, but, um, very unfortunate, but you know, by this point, the man was suffering quite a bit and, uh, you know, I'm just glad that he left a, a good impression on, on so many people. So, yeah, I mean, we've both lost, uh, you lost your dad to cancer. I lost my sister to cancer. Cancer sucks. Yeah. And I mean, it's not an experience anyone should ever have to go through and um shockingly common too yeah you know like i, I think <clears throat> like when my dad died uh, in my old neighborhood that i grew up in you know if i if i walked out my front door my house included and i looked in every direction there was a house of of a family that i knew that had lost somebody to cancer so yep. it's like it's it by this point it's like just just live it up you know what i mean because like the whole lot of darts being thrown like however you know to talk about that i, I don't even have it written just found this out yesterday what is it M mrna the yeah, yeah, yeah the the covid right they 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 developed this this particular type of method of, of attacking the virus um, yeah well and they were the developing M mrna vaccines for other things and i think they're specifically trying to um develop a cancer vaccine before mm -hmm. covid then they were able to adapt that method of um mm -hmm. vaccine delivery for covid which was you know mostly I forget, effective so. i i apologize for not having the, the data in front of me it's a husband and wife couple um i think they're turkish i might be wrong but they were working on arm mrna for cancer treatment they're trying to cure cancer and like you said, when the pandemic hit, they pivoted to COVID. So there hasn't been any developments on the cancer front since COVID. Uh, we all know, I mean, not say all, a shockingly low number of people understand the, the, the epic nature of what mRNA is. And even myself, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, taught in this, <laughs> I don't have this knowledge. Uh, I just know what, you know, I've, I've observed, but essentially mRNA so vaccines instead of being dosed with um, dead virus cells for your body to gobble up and build an immune system to the mRNA is a type of vaccine that you can program it to attack certain things um, rather than put the virus into you and let you get used to it so when it came to COVID there was a very particular spike that they could target in on and tell the mRNA vaccine to target that particular spike. However, the unfortunate part is that, co um, that COVID a little bit easier to approach when it comes to cancer, there are multiple things that spike that need to be addressed. And then there's the plethora of different things that spike, you know, that need to be addressed for different types of cancers and stuff like that. However, they are talking about and still very fairly confident that there may be a cure for cancer before the end of the decade. That by, by 2030, we may have a functional cure for cancer. Uh, and then within just an, an, a handful of years, would be able to tweak it to attack the majority of different types of, of cancer cells. 
So the, the 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 mRNA vaccine is uploading a blueprint to your to your DNA, right? It's up it's yeah, uploading that's what it is, yeah. a blueprint to tell your body here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to attack it. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think what what mRNA does is that it basically like seals the tumor uh, so that it doesn't have a means of 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 spreading and then starts attacking inward, right? Um, that um, might be incredibly layman. So there there's several different parts of what the like our mRNA actually does. It specifically is just like a DNA messenger. Um, you can send things to or through your body using RNA. So one of the things that like they did for COVID is they would take um, part of the protein cells um, from COVID. And so you're not, they would be sending it through your body and say, hey, fight this if you see it. And that way, if you ever got exposed to COVID, it would be fighting those cells, um, like the COVID cells and the uh, sickness. Yeah, the proteins. Um, that way, so that the same theory applies to cancer. Mm -hmm. Is we're sending this message to body, go find and destroy, or like search and destroy for these certain type of cells, mm -hmm. and that way, when your body sees those, it takes care of them. Yeah. And really the, the hurdle about it is, is getting the right come. It's a recipe, you know, there's yeah. a certain recipe for every type of cancer, a certain protein spike and, and they need to be attacked accordingly, you know? So there's still going to be time after they find, uh, you know, the way around it. But I think, you know, a lot of the, the, the speculation about MRNA and, and, Oh, this, they could just pop out a, a COVID vaccine like that quick and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you have no idea like how crazy it is that they were able to do that and how they were able to do that yeah. and what it means for the future of, of, of medical. Like we're, we're talking about a cure to a cancer. <laughs> this, yeah. This is like fairy tale shit. Like this is, this is epic. Massive. Yeah. Well, and you gotta like look back a hundred years ago. They were trying to find a, a cure for polio mm -hmm. and it took them like 30 years to find like from, you know, initial polio outbreaks, at least in the United States that were pretty severe to be able to find a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of time. We had COVID come along and was under a year. Mm -hmm. They were able to get a vaccine up and running. Like that is just yeah. complete wizardry. People that know how vaccines work and how RNA and how our body functions. I mean, just the difference between a hundred years, it's been, I mean, if COVID came around a hundred years ago, it'd be a much different story. <laughs> yeah. Like it would, I mean, COVID is what it is because of the, that time, you know, and the, yeah. the, well, the adaptation and, yeah. and evolution of the viruses. I mean, it is SARS, right? Um, yeah. You know. Well, granted a hundred years ago, there was a, the Spanish outbreak, uh, the mm -hmm. Spanish flu outbreak, um, and then I mean everything was shut down pretty well after World War One because of that, mm -hmm. which contributed to the world like recession that happened then, which led to the Great Depression. So, yeah. um, I just with polio and, and things like that, that's like that's a mini boss. You know what I mean? Like, well, like I mean, polio is pretty. The, it is, but cancer is the big boy. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, cancer is the big boss. <laughs> That's the one where you you need to get geared up for it. You know what I mean? And we're putting yeah. on the last bit of gear right now, and and it's insane to say because I mean we're talking about a foreign body that I mean not so foreign body, but it's a foreign body inside of you that that is is attacking you. You know, it's not 
it's not just a, it's not just something, you know, like a cough or a sneeze. It's something that can hide and, 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 and do its bidding. You know what I mean? It, it is yeah. literally the devil. So it's like, you got to fight it. Uh, and you got to know what you're, what you're going into. And for them to make a statement like that is like, whoa, dude, like electric well, cars and the cure to cancer. <laughs> That's where yeah. we're going to be by 2035. Well, and you got to think if they're saying by the end of the decade, you know, we're we're going to have some type of cure for cancer. They have to be on something right mm-hmm. now where they are seeing actual results. Yeah. Which now is I, really awesome. I, I think it honestly is. It's just that, that, you know, the concoction, the, the brew, you know, like getting the recipes right. Um, and within each category of cancer, there's subcategories and subcategories, oh, yeah. you know, like it just, it goes on and on. My dad died from a... A rare abdominal cancer that only four other people had ever had in the world so there was That's, no way of, yeah. of fixing it uh, and in particular cases like that it may be exceptionally difficult to to get those right you know so yep well um, in with my sister um, she had an extremely rare type of cervical cancer it was less than one percent of people that get cervical cancer get mm-hmm. um, that was super duper aggressive so, I mean, my sister fought like crazy for 16 months and everything that the doctors threw at the cancer just did nothing yeah. uh, in the end. And it's just, it's so good to hear that there's something, there's hope, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is huge. So, I mean, you know, you can tinfoil hat all you want and all that, but, you know, if there's a cure for cancer that comes out of it, you can't really sit there and, and talk about, you know the big bad evils of, of, you know, big brother and, 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 you know, all this shit. Inserting when, microchips. <laughs> yeah. Like, people get off it. We got to kill the cancer. Hold on. I, I literally heard this yesterday that, um, it, it was this lady saying that, that everyone that she talks to that has got the COVID vaccine, that they know someone that had a stroke shortly after getting the COVID vaccine. I was like, okay, where's your statistics? Like, I have <laughs> oh, yeah. never heard of this happening. Yeah. Are I they mean, all old people where they're more prone to get, you know, strokes? I mean, I mean you're, what's more going likely on to have a, You're more likely to have a stroke watching Black Adam than getting your COVID. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's just crazy. People, you know, I mean, this is, this is a testament to our slipping education system <laughs> since the 80s. This is this is this is the, the the doing of, of 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 our responsibilities of teaching people what you know how not to be stupid and and crazy, um, but thinking that that you know the devil is in every bit of detail, no matter you know how amazing this is the cure for cancer. I'm sure people are gonna be like, nope, I'd rather yep. die, and, yep. and that's gonna be unfortunate. But you know me, boost me up, baby. <laughs> Give me every one of those. I'll take every single one of those blueprints. Like, if I load me up, you know, I'll be like Neo and shit. I mean, like, I know Kung Fu. You know what I mean? Like, like literally, I'll take every booster every time that it comes out. If it means that I can live my life not worrying about cancer. And that'd be amazing. It's yeah. a utopia. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know. just yesterday, I, I got my COVID vaccine and my flu shot because I work in a school. Yeah, you got it. There, there's COVID all over the school and there's flu all over the school i mean oh yeah um like 
Yeah, yeah. My, my baby got sick for the first time, you know, because of just kids being everywhere and being yeah. near one another and my wife being at school and, you know, the nephew being at school and bringing, you know, like just, it's just, it is what it is, you know, it's the, yeah. it's the, the, the mix. Well, in my, my thought process is if I can prevent someone else from getting sick, especially like my mom or my grandparents that are still alive, I'm going to do that. I'm going to prevent that as hard yeah. as I can. You know, we do we do run into the the whole like, what's that gonna do in terms of like we're gonna have to get on Mars real quick. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be expanding and living so much longer so fast uh, that it could you know it could pose some some issues in 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 terms of of you know global supply chains and shit, right? Like it's just it's a it's a it's a it's a brutal thing to think about, and obviously both of us have you know some some type of of involvement in the statistics uh, yeah. when it comes to exposure to this but uh, you know being realistic a, a large number of people do uh, you know pass every year because of cancer and just the numbers and, and everything that we have going on right now in society factors that into it but you're talking about the potential for millions and millions and millions of people to all of a sudden not have to worry about dying for 20 30 years you know having kids growing families exponentially faster and things like that. I'm hoping that, you know, as a society, we can, <laughs> we can be prepared for the absolute burst of, of mankind on, on the planet. I'm all for it though. Like, like I'm whatever, dude, like I'd much rather, uh, live in a society where, you know, I'm going to have to, to find a way of growing and making my own food, uh, more frequently than, you know, um, worrying about cancer and friends and family yeah. dying from something that once once you're in it there's it's it's all encompassing you know what i mean like it is oh yeah it's not it's not a common cold and it's not the experience you know what i mean it is something that is traumatic and then after cancer is cured then you go for the common cold right yep and then we'll be, it's like, we'll be in Star Trek territory. <laughs> yeah, we'll be in Star Trek territory. You know, like insane rockets landing themselves, electric cars. You got drones flying around, right? Bringing you packages to your front door and shit. You got, you know, uh, um, cure for cancer, cure for the common cold. Maybe they're going after the flu. Like insane. But it's like, who knows what would pop up after that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how crazy like diseases and stuff would get when it has such a fight on its hand you know you never know yeah um but yeah i don't want to don't want to you know dwell too much on the sadness involving that topic however i did want to bring some some attention to tony because he was a nice old man who got the raw raw into the deal in, in a particular circumstance and uh you know came out pretty decent in the end with a nice community and, and people that love them um so you know head on over to his youtube channel a lot of people leaving love in the comments his son i believe uh, has always helped him with the channel and had a nice touching goodbye video on there. So if you want to go and check it out, I'll have the link in the description and, uh, you know, share your condolences. Uh, good guy. Sad to see him go. And uh, round up, I guess, the bigger topics of uh, the conversation. Black Adam featuring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Have you seen this movie? No. I have seen this movie. Tell um, me about it. Let's hear about it. <sighs> So, okay, I, I, I didn't update my, my blurb on here, so I'm not going to read it. Um, That's fine. I'll go, I guess I'll, I'll skim over it. Um, this was written on preview night. Uh, reviews start coming in, not looking good. Uh, as of the time of writing, 
73, uh, 73 critics had reviewed and it sat at a 55% in critic review. Those who have seen the films basically said uh, what we said the film would be. It would just be like a visual spectacle, fairly shallow, a lot of badass slow motion shots, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. As far as the movie, like it is absolutely like a it's it's a bunch of glamour shots for The Rock to look like huge, you know, um, super badass to to be the brooding anti-hero that. I don't even know if you would call him an anti-hero. It's so messy. Um, however, I want to get back into the, the Rotten Tomatoes thing because this is yeah, the most yeah. interesting so, aspect of it. I have those numbers. So as of uh, October 22nd at 11.25 a.m., so right now, mm-hmm. um, there are 205 um, official reviews of Black Adam, and we are at 40%. So mm-hmm. it has declined from 55 on launch day. Was that Thursday? Mm-hmm to now 40% today. On the other hand, the the whack part is the audience score is at 89%. <laughs> yeah, so this is a, a typical DCEU thing, right? Is that critics, the people who, who will see everything from a Scorsese film to a Marvel film, they see film as an art form that is expressive, is that it it is done through passion and direction and intent, you know, it, it, you don't just go into these things willy nilly to make something that makes money and then just take the bag and run. If you try that, you're going to get, you know, shit on by these reviewers. That's just how it is now for an audience. You know, there's a lot more people that are, are just there to, to eat some popcorn, sip on an icy and listen to explosions for a couple hours and then, you know, chit chat with their buddies and stuff. So naturally you're going to get audience scores a little bit more favorable for movies like this that are visual spectacles made for you to go whoa bro did you see that oh my god he ripped him in half bro bro did you see his hand oh he dropped it on the ground oh my god oh you see how dope he looks oh my god he's he's floating look at he's in slow motion like that's literally that's the movie. <laughs> if you, like, if you're that type of person, where you got fucking nacho cheese smeared all over your beard and shit because you're watching this movie in, like, a setting with a bunch of, like, man babies, like, yeah, of course. It's going to be a visual spectacle, and you're going to be hooting and hollering. Um, however, in this particular case, I find it interesting because I was looking at my local movie theaters the days leading up from Tuesday to uh, yesterday. In terms of ticket sales, I would check every uh, showing, um, like every couple hours, I would check the seats to see what had sold. I don't think any of them sold out by the time of any of the viewings, and most were at about 30% capacity uh, the morning of. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have walk-ins. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have last-minute, you know, people, obviously. That's still really, really low. It's really low. Um now we're also talking about 2 p.m. was the earliest showing for me, so you're still talking within work hours and school hours. I was checking six, seven thirty, stuff like that, and those were a little more full, so average was like thirty percent. So we're not talking like I mean I remember you know <laughs> I I yeah I spent my time at my midnight premieres you know me and my me and my buddies it was a it was a t- we've been over this you know it was our yeah. thing it, we would go out to Hollywood. And, and go to these midnight premieres frequently, you know, sometimes multiple times in a month, depending on what the, the release dates were. It was our, it was just our, our outing, you know, the boys going out to the bar, go watch the movies and stuff and enjoy. 
um, those places you had to have those tickets two weeks in advance you know like there there's no way in hell that you were going to get tickets uh, to like first or second day showings uh, at any of the movie theaters. We would we would have to scour the dozen movie theaters in, in nice little compact Southern California where there's movie theaters around every corner. You'd have to scramble to find enough tickets to accommodate, our, you know, my friends and us or my friends and I uh, to go into these shows if we didn't catch, you know, midnight premieres or if we wanted to go the next day again. This is not that. <laughs> this is like I could have walked in at five fifty-five on 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 you know release day, uh, and probably just got a ticket and walked in, sat wherever, um, pretty much wherever I wanted, and then and then seen the movie. You know, so um, how this is an eighty-nine percent is beyond me. So well, I'm gonna go ahead and yeah. Do you want to read? Some yeah, of let's, these? let's let's read some of these. I <clears throat> I was keeping my eye on on some of these, and we were discussing it. The first preview day reviews were hilarious. This is some of the funniest intricate disses that I've ever read um, in like blurbs. It's like writers who know how to write being as ruthless as they can be. Uh, and it was just funny to read. But uh, just going over, I'm not going to pick out any of the funny ones because it would take too long. Now there's 200 plus. But here's one from Joshua Rotkoff from Entertainment Weekly. Black Adam is what happens when artists say they want to go dark but don't really have the stomach for it. Uh dude looks like a complete nerd but like, <laughs> so coming out of that guy he gave it a c plus um i wouldn't go as far as to say that i wouldn't say that's the issue um i think this person probably has on their mind like dark would be more menacing maybe like the batman where it's like messy topic and a little darker in terms of you don't want to face it right your inner mm -hmm. being doesn't want to face the realities of this topic uh, digging deep and, and hitting things that, that are, are, are sensitive to you, you know, the deep stuff that a, a, a movie critic would expect from a film, uh, not a DCU film. Sarah Mars from Eleni Gossip says Black Adam wants to be the film uh, that writes the DCU, but it's just another messy, shallow entry into a sloppy canon that won't commit to real ideas. Uh, Kevin Mayer from Times in the UK it says Dwayne Johnson is at his most uninteresting as an ancient Egyptian bodybuilder who must learn like Drax and guardians of the galaxy that sarcasm is cool. And that like Arnie in Terminator two torture and murder is not one out of five. <laughs> so That's rough, you know, there's a, there's a consistent, I'm a, I, you know, I don't need to go to uh, Dwayne. Dwayne wants to see himself as a vigilante hero with godlike power. So now I have to review black Adam which is two hours of noise and lights vaguely in the shape of a movie <laughs> rated F <laughs> from the reader, you know, and then you got uh, some of the positive ones here. Let's, let's pick out a positive one here. Uh, Vincent Mancini from Uproxx carves itself as a genuine opportunity to be the anti Marvel to its credit, uh, but then goes on to squander that opportunity so badly that it ends up feeling more like a poor man's Marvel instead. C plus. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a positive review. The next one, uh, or I guess two down, that's still positive, says that it's an enjoyable enough of a superhero battler, but frustrating in that it actually has things to say under its cape, but constantly flies away anytime to get close to being meaningful. Six out, Six out, of, 10. out of ten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there there's a few people on here trying. Uh, let's see if I can find an unreasonably good one. 
I, from, okay, here's a 7 out of 10. If seeing The Rock play an anti-hero, then you're really going to enjoy Black Adam 7 out of 10. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I, Lupe, that is the highest one I've seen, though. Lupe Rodriguez says, Dwayne Johnson enters the DCU with a bang. Black Adam is relentlessly action-packed, delivering the action and a likable character, but fails as a superhero flick. B. Yeah, there you go. What does that even mean? How does it get a B if it fails the superhero movie being only a superhero film? Um, so there's a, a, a vast array of opinions on the film. However, the critics are base are basically giving it like a B minus C at best, you know, or C plus at best. And then you got the, the verified user reviews. I'm a Marvel and DC fan, so I enjoy it lots of action <laughs> and fighting. The Rock as superhero now. Yes! Five out of five. <laughs> oh, man. The best, the second best movie of 2023. Five out of five. Of 2023? Did yeah. they really put that? Yes, they did. <laughs> Great. Uh, the movie was overwhelmingly awesome! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Five out of five. I loved it. The kid character was annoying at times, but beside that, it was great. Four out of five. So basically, I mean, I can I can feel the Cheetos hitting my face <laughs> for these people like talking and like saying this to me because it's just like it's the most like brain dead stuff. Absolutely loved it. Stay for the end credits. Five out of five. five four point five out of five. It was fantastic. Lots, lots of action and Superman is back. Thanks for the spoil. Uh, very well done. The action was brutally refreshing and realistic. <laughs> They really put that? Okay, so at one point that one melts somebody and then like rips his body in half and uh, <laughs> the guy like melts into liquid and like you barely see skeleton, but it's realistic, I guess. Totally. You know, you get you get a lot of five out of fives when it comes to uh, 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 audience scores. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but a five out of five is a nearly, if not impossible film to make. Yeah. Am I 100%. mistaken? No. <laughs> Am I, mean, I mistaken no. as to how ratings work? It's impossible to make a perfect film. Correct. It, it, I mean, it is once or twice every 10 years we get something close. Like, completely realistically. What was the last 95th percentile movie? I mean... I'm sure it was some Marvel movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, Top Gun. It's the highest rating, like, it's everything. The new Top Gun film. Also a testament that you don't need to have, you know, tights on to, to make a billion dollars. Insane profits on that film. Tom Cruise killing it. Um, you know, you're knocking on a 4 to, to 4.5 in terms of that film. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just as a action-packed, good-time, classic, 90s-style film. A character-driven film with actual acting, with with paced writing and everything kind of on point, and just they understood. Um, Black Adam was not that, and my opinion about Black Adam, I gave it a two out of five, <clears throat> and like I like The Rock, I really like Jumanji, <laughs> I like Jumanji, you know I I grew up with WWF, you know The Rock was my boy, I had the armbands, I had the glasses. You know, I had I had the temporary tattoos of the bull and, and all that good stuff. So, I mean, Rock is my boy. So, you know, it's not like I'm some negative Nancy when it comes to the Rock and his acting abilities and stuff like that. However, Rock knows how to be super charismatic and, like, nice and charming and shit. And then he knows how to not be. Like, those are yeah. his two versions, right? 
Uh, and my issue with, with Black Adam and his representation of it is that we're talking about 10, 15 years they've been touting making this thing. What it is is that they announced it on the original DCEU lineup uh, and then never got to it. It was in limbo for a decade, and then they finally made it as a passion project, air quote. Um, much like Ant-Man, I guess, and, and technically Ant-Man didn't take very long, but the second film that was to be made in the MCU was Ant-Man. It was Iron Man, Ant-Man. Then they changed it up last second, made it Incredible Hulk, backburnered um, Ant-Man, and then years later they brought Ant-Man in. Uh, however, you know, it's like you see an anticipation. People in that, in that room remember, you know, them being like, Ant-Man, what the fuck? <laughs> why? Why? What? Ant-Man? Like, why not Spider-Man? You know, so... It was, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable that people are going to have, you know, this, this anticipation for it, but to be like, I've been waiting 15 years for a black Adam movie. It's like, bro, like you should have been waiting 15 years for a Shazam movie. And then, you know, a year or two for them to introduce the big baddie. Um, the structure for these films should have been, you have Shazam, that movie's made. Then you have the black Adam film, right? Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to go this route and, and black Adam wins, right? He's, he's the bad guy. He does his bad thing and he wins. He Thanos it right, right out the gate, um, gets what he wants. Then Shazam two, you can do either Shazam two and at the end, bring in Superman, like all hope is lost, right? Uh, Shazam's going to lose after this epic battle, um, and then Superman comes in as the end credit scene or the last last bit to really sell it and be like, okay, so now we're getting the, the Shazam Superman versus Black Adam, like the animated movie and stuff like that, which I watched. It was super rushed and like just as, as plain as it can be. But uh, really, I mean, the concept behind it is that he comes to kill him because he's the next Shazam and it's that's his thing <laughs> you know like there's the whole negativity aspect of of his standing with the wizards and you know i like how they come in this movie they show because i mean you, you saw Shazam, right yeah yeah and you know how like the 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 cave right the um yeah yeah it's destroyed and 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 stuff like that so you see that scene very briefly and you see that fight so it's like that's what i wanted you know I wanted that. I wanted the ancient. It's they say Egyptian. I forget what the name of the, the land is, but it's it's. But you have like no representation of the actual character from that time period. I wanted it to be like an Egyptian story, uh, and then maybe kind of like a Captain America esque type. You know, he gets put in. You know, he gets tucked away at the end. And then, then in the next film, he breaks out, and he's the he's the issue for Shazam, and and then eventually Superman. Um, but no, the, what they did was. They made a real kind of hokey story about a kid way back in, in, in ancient times. Um, and I'm going to spoil it. So if you don't, if you're going to go see the movie, I'm, I'm sorry, but if you, if you want to actually like <laughs> listen to it, um, the kids, uh, a part of it's a slave, you know, trade essentially is that, um, a foreign invader comes to harvest their, their resources because the resource has magical properties that they can use just like the Tesseract. Uh, and they're using him for weapons and vehicles and stuff like that. And then this kid is like an uprising. He's going to save the day and he's going to inspire. And then they're going to go kill the kid. And then at the last second, he gets blipped away by Shazam. And then there he's given the powers and then he re he returns. Then it cuts to, to current day. And then it starts talking about the lore, about how he was a hero. And then he's been frozen in the, in the mountain for X amount of years or whatever. That he's in there and that there's also... A MacGuffin 
which is in this case a crown um it's a pretty dope crown it looks like just like raw like iron and really rugged has kind of like a ring of power type vibe to it because it has like you know etching and stuff that glows on it and stuff but um supposedly has power that is epic then the movie goes on where he he breaks out and just immediately starts murdering everybody and then for some reason the jsa is like bro you can't be murdering people instead of like trying to you know like just overpower and kill him they just keep like talking to him like bro you can't kill people and he's like i do kill people and he's like no bro you can't kill people no i do kill people like that's the whole movie is like him being like i'm too badass like i murder people you know that's how i get my justice and then the jsa constantly just trying to keep him from murdering people and they make a gag out of it that's kind of how the whole thing is um when in reality it's like you would assume that the jsa would stop at nothing to to stop black adam i understand that i guess at times black adam has actually been on the jsa in the comic books i don't don't quote me on that but i know that there's some type of common ground there however one of my main issues with this is hawk uh hawk guy hawkman Right now, my understanding of Hawkman growing up was that, and I know they rewrote him for for New Fifty Two, and even even later, I think it was like twenty eighteen or something like that, twenty sixteen. But basically, they explained that that even further in depth of how old Hawkman actually is, because the premise of Hawkman is that him and his wife are cursed with immortality. Uh, they can suffer and they can die, but they will always be brought back, and they will always not always, but they will remember their past lives and have to find each other again right so that's like that's the the love arc between the two so when they're together it's like a powerhouse team you know um he looked all right he looked cool uh he looked better than the smallville version that was out 10 plus years ago or whatever on on that justice society episode but really there was absolutely no mention about the fact that the main i guess antagonist and protagonist kind of a quasi antagonist and protagonist situation going on between black adam and hawkman there's absolutely no mention of the fact that both of them are thousands of years old there's absolutely no depth whatsoever with hawkman and anything with his character in regards to him being immortal and thousands of years old and potentially it could have even remembered black adam back in the day teth adam just because he was around you know like at some point they could have written in that he was actually there, you know, like he's, there's so much they could have done with, with Hawkman in regards to him being immortal and living multiple lives over and over again and actually remembering them, um, that they didn't even touch on it and they didn't even leave room to like expand on it or anything because it should have been a driving point of the conflict between those two characters. Like, Hey bro, I know how it is to, I remember home, you know, like I get it, you know, like we just, we need to chill. Like times are different things are, you know, like there was none of that. It was just like, we're going to stop you. And if you don't comply, we're going to fight. And then they fought, they fought, you know, like <laughs> that's the movie. Um, the only reason that he wins or they win at, at any point is because black Adam lets him. Um, it's a very compassionate scene where I don't deserve this power. I will save Shazam. And you'll have to make sure that I never say it again. And then, like, they put him in jail. And literally five minutes later, they have to break him out because they introduce a villain the last 20 minutes of the film. What? The villain comes in. At the, it's Sabak. And I don't know if you know who Sabak is. He's the devil-looking uh, character. Has the, the upside-down pentagram on his chest, so very symbolic. Um, and he comes from the underworld. 
he is imbued with the power of seven demons much like shazam he's the he's the the counter to shazam in terms of like the the devil version you know like the anti-anti-hero anti anti-shazam i should say so like this character is introduced it's a bad guy that was annoying the entire movie and then he dies and then he goes to hell and then they're just like you got the crown you know he died on purpose because he knew that this would happen they're like okay so now you just say sabak and he says sabak and then he pops up as the devil and he fights for like 10 minutes and then the movie's over and he gets ripped in half and that's it they introduce the villain of this film 20 minutes before the end of the film and kill him off before the end of the film what yeah so like in terms of like messiness it is totally messy. There's absolutely no way that this is a five out of five film. And I'm a firm believer in our, and we are our Marvel catch up. I was talking about Iron Man three. Um, I, I hate sidekick characters like kids, sidekick characters. And there is not one hint at the fact that this movie is going to be completely hinged on a child sidekick character. This juxtaposition between an, an overly innocent, optimistic child character to this brooding, vicious, and violent, you know, quasi-hero. And, and, and this is the only positive relationship going on in this film is this, is this villain, air quote, uh, compassion for this kid. And you're like, what? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are we doing? You know, this kid's purpose in here was to be like, like, you need to be a hero for us. We've been oppressed for X amount of years. And like, you need to set us free and blah, blah, blah. And then he's just like, no, I'm no hero. And then he goes and kills more things. And then he, and then little by little, he thinks like, oh, well, maybe I should be not as brutal. And then that's, that's the end of the movie. You know what I mean? So like incredibly annoying in terms of like dialogue with like the kid actor because it's like you know there's a scene in there where he steals one of the bad guys radios and then he's like attention everybody on this radio station the, our hero has returned like he's here to save us like like run out into the streets and like it's like oh my god <laughs> like what there's a scene where black adam it's a gag he doesn't use doors he just floats through walls and uh, he sees five seconds of a Clint Eastwood clip on the TV of a showdown and, uh, you know, a little standoff and uh, ready to draw. And then doesn't even like, you know, he just floats out the window and then that's whatever. Like five minutes later, they reenact that scene with Black Adam and some bad guys. So, I mean, we're talking about like this type of movie where it's like you, you, you like you like Transformers and shit. You know, you like Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious are your favorite movies on the planet type thing. If you're giving this anything higher than a, a three out of five, you know, so uh, I do have some personal gripes with it. Uh, I think that, yeah, the glamour shots were clean because that's what they're supposed to be. That's that, that's their purpose. Uh, however, I would say you probably shave off 20 minutes of the movie if there were no slow motion, like there was so much of it that you could expect, like, I don't know, every like 15 to 30 seconds in the midst of a fight that it would slow down and then speed up again. And after like, I don't That's know. That's really annoying. Yeah. After like 12 times, <laughs> 12, 13, 13, yeah, 13, 14 times. It's like, this is a bit old, like, you know, so the fact that it's like, you think the movie's over and then they reintroduce or they introduce a completely different villain who dies off. It was very strange. It's like you think that, that they're going to have Black Adam confined um, and that's the end of the movie. But no, he's for some reason let free. Uh, and then 
left to his own devices, you know, and uh, you have Amanda Waller in the post credit scene, spoiler, <clears throat> uh, somehow transmits a message into his little cave or his, his throne room and is like, all right, well, you don't have to be in jail, I guess, but, you know, if you mess around, we're going to come and kill you. And he, like, smirks and then, like, destroys whatever is doing the projection. And then out of the smoke comes Superman. Looking badass, I might add. I, okay, I hate the I hate the tacky suit with all the little imprints. I think it's stupid. Um, I just hate that design across DCEU, period. Every character has it. I just don't like it. But his color was nice. I didn't hear the score. I wasn't paying attention to it, and I didn't rewind it. But I think they had the original Superman score kind of chime in there. And he had the hair curl. Uh, and his, his symbol was nice and big and yellow and, and red, you know? So the delivery was a little bit off, you know? It just kind of felt like a little bit more dour. Uh, but all in all, like, just the quick, the quick little exchange between the two characters was, like, satisfying. Uh, but did you hear about that before the movie came out by any chance? Did you hear I, about that? Yeah. How I did mean, you hear about it? It was leaked, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> So that's my issue with this, right? In this particular case, you have Warner Brothers. They they scramble to get Cavill to come back. They film this this scene really quick. I think in late August. So in terms of production time, almost out the door. You know what I mean? Like almost almost on the big screen. They are snipping in this in credit scene, and then go to intentionally leak it to like sell tickets. I guess right? Like. I don't I, comprehend that. I okay, so if I, if I go to like the DC Twitter account right now and I scroll down, I think it is. Uh, it might be the Black Adam one, but no, it was DC. DC flat out. Um, they had an ad. I remember because I follow DC and Marvel categories on on Twitter. Um, I saw an ad where it was a picture of a cell phone, and Superman was texting Black Adam. And he was like, "Oh, you need to do this. You need to do this. Or we need to talk." And then Hawkman enters the conversation and then it like cuts and it's like Black Adam in theaters, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? When have you ever seen them do that? Shoehorn in an in credit scene and then explicitly spoil that in credit scene in hopes of making more sales. Has that ever been done? Uh, I don't I don't know. Like I, I know that they would shoehorn know. things in. Yeah, but and I mean, there's, there's always like you know, last minute additions or quick, you know, quick edits or whatever. Quick edits, and uh, I mean, I know with um, a lot of movies lately, because of all the whole digital process, it's super easy to like go refilm a scene and then stick it in the movie a couple weeks before launch. Yeah. Well, this um, one was very, like, it was just a gray room, really. Like, they didn't yeah. really need very much. They just need Another thing, Rock doesn't have any of the facial features or cosmetics required to make him look like Black Adam. It just looks like the Rock in a Black Adam, like, outfit. No hair, no eyebrows, no pointy ears, no accent. One of the gripes online is that he, he comes out of 5,000-year rest, uh, says one line in his in his native tongue, and then speaks fluent American English for the rest of the movie. Uh, having never left this area, like he never flies off and, and talk, he just immediately starts speaking English fluently. Yeah. Um, that was an issue, but I just, I, I see it as 
It's like a, I mean, people toss it around as a vanity project, to be honest. It feels very much like he's setting up everything to revolve around him because there's just a power vacuum going on right now. Yeah, it. it I definitely feel the same way. I, I just want to put this in perspective for people. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, if you start looking through all of the top movies where the tomato meter and the audience score um, are above 94%, they're both above 94%, here's the type of quality of movie that you should be expecting for something that you rate as a 5 out of 5 or a 4.5 out of 5. Schindler's List, The Dark Knight, Lord of the Rings Two Towers, The Godfather, Goodfellas, um, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Ooh, yeah, of course. Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ooh. The Pianist. I mean, these are all fantastic these, movies. Those are those. That's film. <laughs> yeah, those are film. Th- that is peak film, and you people want to call Black Adam. <laughs> five out of a five. five out of five. Yeah, not a ninety-six percent. Oh my god! Like you like. It takes a certain type of person to, to be willing to do that. And also a flippancy for rating scales. Everybody's going to approach it differently, especially when all you need is an email to, to leave one of these reviews. I mean, quickly touching on it, and I, I had mentioned it to you, is that I thought this was going to be like a Snyder fan's, like, you know, dream to have uh-huh. Cavill come back. However, the second that they saw he was in the blue and red suit, it was done. And then the then the next second when they heard the original Superman score be played instead of the uh, new one from the Snyder films, all hell broke loose. <laughs> so you had a division between the DC fandom where the Snyder uh, the Snyder fans were vehemently utilizing Thursday specifically uh, to use hashtags restore the Snyderverse, bring back Zack Snyder. And using the Rotten Tomato scores as a means of delivering a message to Warner Brothers, telling them that the only way they can succeed is if they bring Snyder back. So you had part of their own fandom sabotaging it. uh, And then you had a bigger fandom now uh, in terms of just DC fans, people who like the Joker films, who like the Snyder films, but also like the Batman you know, Shazam, they like Wonder Woman. They have they have a little bit more variety in their in their palette. They are rushing to leave these like brain dead reviews of five out of five uh, to counter the you know, I mean I you consider it review bombing, but it's not it's not really working in this. People review bombing this are the critics. <laughs> Those are the ones that are review bombing this in, in, in brutal fashion. Um but you know to, for somebody to say I really like the movie five out of five, like it's it's a nothing burger. Uh, yeah. To to look at that, you would be like, yeah, okay, something's weird here. Like eighty nine percent is not accurate. Uh, so I would give the movie probably more accurately if there weren't people with with ulterior motives involved in all this and some background battle going on within the DC fandom. Um, I would probably give it somewhere closer to ten percent less than that, probably around a seventy nine for audience score. Um, because of fatigue, you know, it's just, it's so I've watched some reviews and people was being like, I've seen this movie. And I said the same thing. I think I told it to you. I might've said it to my, my wife, but it's like, I've seen this movie. Like we've all seen this movie nine times. Like it's the same thing. And when you say that, you're not talking about specific details. You're talking about the concept, the idea, the tropes, the corniness, the, the shoehorn jokes, the, the end credit scenes, the, 
the 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 side plot characters like all those tropes you've seen the movie and all you're there to see is to see like the spectacle um spectacles don't deserve anything higher than like 80 <laughs> percent. not as the yep. film review you know yep um, and if you really want to to get an accurate an accurate viewing you really should kind of go at the audience score with a little grain of salt because it's going to be inflated or deflated one way or the other so i would take the average between the critic score and the audience score i was, be, I was be, literally just going to yeah. suggest that i mean and that that's why i brought up those movies that have um both above you know 94 percent, 95 percent. you you get really high quality movies and like you know, you might have, uh, I mean, let me, that, okay, perfect example. The Last Jedi has a 91% certified Rotten Tomato score, right? But the audience score is 42%. Yeah. Like, there's a huge difference. And there's movies all over the board when you're looking at um, Rotten Tomatoes or any other review site where the the critic review is one thing and then the audience score is another but it's so rare where those two numbers line up yeah. and then, then you, know you know you're on to something yeah that's when you know you got something um, yeah so when it's split that's really how you should look at it is that there's something there's something going on there uh, if it was really a good movie everybody would be on board uh, not just one or the other because i mean really we're talking about money right yeah. so i'm gonna um I don't know the outright details of the whole Warner Brothers discovery. Uh, I do know that, that Dwayne Johnson got paid, I think, $22.5 million for the film. And they've made $25 million as of last night. Um, oh. So they paid off The Rock. Uh, now they got to pay off everybody else. And then the rest of the $200 million budget, as well as, if I'm not mistaken, an additional $200 million marketing budget. So they're looking That's at, not looking promising. <laughs> they're looking at $400 million to relatively be even. And anything after that is going to be what Warner Brothers is going to be able to use to survive. Because if you're looking at how Discovery came into the purchase of Warner Brothers, I think there's some lawsuits going on because of just inflated numbers and stuff like that. Might be wrong. But they basically put everything on this film and another film that they're releasing with, uh, I think... Lawrence Pugh, I think is her name, or the one from from um, Black Widow, and now the Thunderbolts. Um, some movie with her, abysmal opening, abysmal. 20%, I think it was, or something like that for, hey. for their scores. So, a horrible, horrible turnout. They couldn't release any other movies this year because this was what, this is what defines everything for the future of Warner Brothers. Um, so they need to, I'd say probably 600 million or more just to get the conversation of Warner Brothers already having to sell again. Um, you know, and we have speculated, you know, who who's next to pick up Warner Brothers. You There's know, a see, list. We see the a joke. short list. You know, we see the joke on online. Um, you know, you, you think that it's like, you know, it can always happen. Me, I think it's more of regulators wouldn't allow it because it is creeping into Monopoly uh, territory. But Disney, yeah. In regards to what Disney can deliver for DC properties, I don't think they have it, for one thing. I think Warner no. Brothers has a better idea of what DC Comics are because of the violence and the risque topics and the, the very adult themes and the willingness to hit into those themes. Um, 
So I don't think Disney would have the ability to actually deliver on that unless they were to just own them and not have any influence in terms of, of marketing them as connected. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you got Marvel right up beside Star Wars and, and Disney in general. You know, you think of them and all in one of the same. You throw DC in there, it's going to get a little, little dodgy. So it's like, eh. <laughs> if they did yeah. do something, they would have to completely break it off and just keep it DC and just have it like DC Studios. And... Yeah. It's off doing its own thing. You, once in a while, you'll see maybe a Disney logo here and there. Maybe it's put on HBO and left there, you know, and they separate themselves as much as possible. But me personally, I don't see regulators allowing D- Disney to buy up Star Wars, Marvel, and then DC. Like, that would be... That'd be... I, I basically put it like this. Never say never. It could happen. I, I do think you are onto something where... You know, there's a pos- or like if that if discussions were to come about, and I think that regulators would most likely get involved, mm-hmm. and it would have to go through that process. But again, never say never. Yeah, crazy things happen all the well, time. I mean, it's not. I mean, I, I, the way the the Activision Blizzard is is the whole thing with Microsoft and how UK is involved in regards to American company buying another American company. I. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot more than just our own public, you know, laws and 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 uh, regulatory agencies to to worry about. That there's an entire global market that that it would affect as well. Uh, and in, to be honest, from what I see in regards to the DCU fandom, is major in support in in the in the foreign markets, right? In, in terms of mm-hmm. like India and I don't want to say China. I'm not 100 percent sure, but India. I see a lot of uh, comments from. Um, and people in like like Pakistan and and like Turkey and and stuff like that, just like a, a bunch. Like it's not it's not people like you know in the Hollywood sphere, you know, who are aware of how Hollywood works and you know what could be going on in the background and why decisions are being made. It's people clear, you know, in a different country, just speculating and spreading rumors and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of yeah. weird how DC is is working with that. So. Uh, we'll have to see, but this could this could bode pretty bad for for Warner Brothers and, and where they end up. I have no idea. All I know is that I want Superman to be Superman again, and I want him to be the main focal point and inspiration uh, and driving force of DC. Period. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and Batman is considered the the bad boy side character that that everybody has always loved. And he has his own way of doing things and the juxtaposition between Batman's brooding dark nature and Superman's uplifting, inspiring nature clash, but work together because they choose the right people to deliver those right messages the right way. Uh, and they can't do that if people are obsessed with Snyder and obsessed with the, the style and this, this hyper violence and like, just like, you know, popcorn eating type of, of viewers, you know, yep. um, Marvel, you know, say you know, say what you will. Uh, phase one through three were were spectacular. We we're very fortunate to experience that type of, of of time in film history. It's like experiencing Mike Tyson's run, or um, you know, um, Jordan's run in the NBA, or Tiger's run uh, on the PGA. You know what I mean? You you witnessed something that is going to go down in history, uh, and everything after that is like whatever. Um, but DC, you know, they're they're still they're still kind of scrambling, and I'm I'm sick of it because I've wanted. We went over this like I was begging for 
a DC, you know, shared universe years before Marvel even mentioned it in that, that yep. hall at, at Comic-Con all those years ago when I was sitting there and when Fahey told us that I was like, finally, you know, <laughs> it's like, dude, yep. finally. And, 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 you know, I, no, Avengers weren't that popular in comparison to Batman, Superman, that type of thing, but they made them that way. And just imagine with, with that type of, of driving force commitment, uh, and, 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 and dedication to the craft, what could have come if, if the right people were chosen at the right time to make a, a, a justice league type yeah. of setup. So yeah, if you want to see it, it's just my personal recommendation is wait until it comes out on the streaming platform, enjoy it and move on with your life. It's nothing special. It's a lot of explosions, a lot of, of flashy lights <laughs> and shiny things. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Two hours of your time. Have some popcorn, drink an icy, have some candy, have some fun. Um, but, you know, the, pretty much everything hinges on this particular film and the future of, of Warner Brothers. A couple other things I'm going to shoot down here and then we're just going to uh, sign off here. Uh, Ezra Miller pleads not guilty to felony, uh, felony burglary charges after having stolen liquor from his neighbors. He could spend up to 26 years in prison for that. Uh, one of the line submissions in the UK competition and markets authority in regards to the Blizzard Activision acquisition by Microsoft has stated that they would uphold all existing contractual obligations uh, that Activision Blizzard may have had with Sony, uh, which was restrictions on the ability to place COD titles on Game Pass for a number of years. Uh, something where we speculated, but it has been leaked that Sony did have it uh, set up with Activision to uh, not allow the games to be released on Game Pass, so a little more shady activity on, on behalf of Sony. This is being used to to uh, kind of paint a more, uh, I guess, appropriate picture of, of the climate out in the in the uh, gaming market and, and in regards to Sony's claims of Microsoft being huge and way too big and yada yada, uh, and Sony actually being number one and paying developers to... Uh, restrict other gamers from enjoying these titles. Uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Konami announces new series of installments in the Silent Hill franchise, including Silent Hill F. Uh, looks like a, a a completely new game. I think it was in Japan. Might have been feudal Japan. I don't think so, but it is in Japan. It looked like um, that looks like an actual installment itself. Then there's Silent Hill Townfall that I didn't get too much detail about, but it is another game they announced. Might be a mobile, who knows? Maybe a VR game. That would be terrifying. Uh, and then they also announced that they're releasing Silent Hill 2 on PS5 and Steam. So you got that to look forward to. Uh, and then last on here, I got Deadline Report. Harrison Ford has been tapped to portray General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross in Captain America New World Order. Um hear confirmation but you never know i can't see harrison ford getting in a mocap suit so we'll we'll have to see on that one but uh, that is pretty much it for the roundup i'm gonna go ahead and just jump on into the plug here and rattle it off running a little a little long here black adam took a little bit longer than expected but uh, if you want to check out what we follow and what we share you know we overall are on twitter uh, nerd chatter show link in the description down below um you know some interesting news that we're we're cycling through there so definitely hit the follow on that same uh handle at nerd chatter show for instagram twitch and facebook as well if you want to find us there uh, you can find all the episodes of the nerd chatter podcast anywhere you can find podcasts including spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube and pretty much anywhere else uh, if you're interested in becoming a part of the community you can join our discord or head on over to our patreon where we have patreon specific content for our supporters uh, we released the halloween episode early 
uh, for people to, to listen to. If you want to head over there, you can, you know, maybe support us and, uh, you know, enjoy that extra content. Uh, if you're on YouTube, links are in the description below. If you're listening to us on any of the podcast platforms, we'll try to do our best to have anything you need over at nerdchatter.com, our website, and uh, we'll be good to go. So, Garrett, my friend, thank you for being here, as always. It's my pleasure. Thank you for being back. And I know you're not still feeling at 100%, but... Uh, you rock, man. <laughs> we'll be at uh, we'll be doing our Halloween episode next week, right? We already have that set up for for uh, Werewolf by Night. So if you want to yep. listen to that, that's set to premiere next Saturday at noon. Uh, I will be in Florida at Disney World celebrating uh, the the holiday with my son and my wife uh, and the rest of the family. So we will be back after that. And uh, yeah, good to go. You guys take it easy.